This is the Tea Podcast by Developing Lafayette. I'm your host, Ben Powers. On this podcast, you'll hear from business owners, entrepreneurs, and community influencers who all play a role in moving Lafayette Parish and South Louisiana forward. Today we have a fun episode. We're going to be talking with a local award-winning children's book author, uh, I guess author in general, and her name is Allison Bork. She has a middle name. Uh, I, I, I think I heard how to pronounce it, uh, but I'll, I'll let her pronounce it in just a moment. Uh, we're going to be talking um, about her book series, The Alley Cat. Uh, essentially, she's, like I said, an award-winning author who began her career as a teacher after graduating from the University of Louisiana at Lafayette with a degree in elementary education. She earned a law degree from the Southern University Law Center in 27, uh, 2007. I, well, I don't know why I want to say 2017. And then after practicing law for six years, she traded in writing trial briefs, briefs for children's books. So, uh, Allison, welcome to the Tea Podcast. Thank you. So happy to be here. So um, real quick, just kind of let people know um, a little bit about yourself. And uh, if you're not originally from here, where are you from? And like, what kind of helped you become who you are? So I'm Allison Foti Bork. Foti is my maiden name. And I'm from here, born and raised in Lafayette. I, um, I went to Milton Elementary and then Como High School. I went to UL. And then I went to Southern University in Baton Rouge. And so I taught school for a year. I was a teacher. I got a degree in elementary education. And, um, but all along, I wanted to be a lawyer, I think, because I watched Legally Blonde. And they had a cute of course. little chihuahua. So I did get a, a little dog named Bruiser. And I did go to law school. Um, I practiced law as assistant attorney general for the state of Louisiana for almost eight years, and I really loved practicing law. I loved to write. Um, I, I loved being a part of state defense for here, and I worked here in Lafayette. Um, but at the time, we had two kids who were young. They were six and four, and I decided that I wanted to take a year off and just be at home with them a little bit, then go back to practicing law. So while I was at home with them, we always read them books at night, and they had a ton of books all over their floor, all over the bookshelf, and they wanted me to buy them more books. And I was trying to be frugal, and I just said, hey, how about I just write you a story for tonight? You know, just trying to get them to go to bed. And then they jumped up and down. They jumped on the bed, fell off the bed, saying, yes, you need to do that. And so that was kind of my aha moment that made me think, you know what? I should write down stories because I always like to write poetry. I always like to imagine and daydream and all of that good stuff. And I never really had time to put, you know, pencil to paper. So um, we ended up reading another story that night and put them to bed. And then yeah. I went downstairs and got a loose leaf piece of paper and a pencil and just started writing what is now the first book of the Alley Cat series, Alley Cat and the Thursday Dessert Day. And, um, I left the ending blank and read it to them the next night, and they had all of these wild endings and um, ended up publishing it. And long story short, haven't gone back to practicing law yet. I want to know, 
Okay, so you were not a book writer initially. You were a a law professional, which uh, does not sound like it leads to being a creative uh, children's book writer. Um, you went, f- you know, after that night, you were, you you read your books to your children and put them to bed, and you grabbed your paper and just started writing. What, like, what came to your mind? Like, how did you derive? the idea for this book, the alley cat, like, do you like cats? Mm-hmm. Is that, are you a crazy cat lady? <laughs> like, what does that Some look like? people would say I'm a crazy cat lady, but I only have two cats. So. Okay. That's not too bad. <laughs> no. And I have a dog, a Corgi named Winnie. So, um, I have always loved cats and I like cats because they're quirky. They get into trouble, but they can always get themselves out of trouble. I mean, most of the time. Um, so, and you I, never really own a cat. They usually own you. They do. And they do. And and it's funny because my husband did not like cats. He didn't want cats. And so now they're, you know, they're like this. Yeah. And it always happens that way. And the cats always like the people who really don't like them. So that's why cats are just so quirky. Um, so I always like cats and I thought, you know, uh, you know, a cat would be a great character because they can get into trouble, but get themselves out of it. And I wanted all of these books to be problem solving books and lesson based. So I started writing the first book and I thought the main character should be named Alley Cat, not just because my name is Allison, but um, when I was in middle school, uh, not middle school, elementary school, and I was close enough. Yeah, I really, I was daydreaming in class as usual, thinking of stories and um, my teacher like snapped her fingers and she would say, Alley Cat, come back down to earth instead of being like, you know, pay attention. So I, um, for me, Alley Cat was somebody or a character who loved to be creative or daydream and, um, you know, just have a big imagination. So I knew I wanted that character to be that. And the first book was written um, Thursday dessert day is written because my kids have a milk protein allergy and oh, sometimes wow. they miss out on ice cream or desserts. And my daughter luckily has grown out of it, but my son still has it. And so, you know, a lot of times they would come home and they would feel left out. So I wanted to write a story that would help other kids who feel left out because of one reason or, or another and come up with your own solution, you know, not just kind of get sad and not know what to do, but problem solve, let, you know, help yourself, pick yourself up. Yeah. Problem solving. That's a, that's a tricky one for kids. I mean, they have to be taught and kind of, I guess, I don't want to say groomed, but in in a way uh, shown how to solve things on their own. And I have, I have a six year old. Well, he's about to be six in August. I'm pretty much saying he's six, even though I, as a parent, I should not be already aging him. Um, (laughs) And there's so many times where he he struggles to solve something on his own. He wants our help. And I'm like, Bennett, you can do this. You can figure it out yourself. And then there's times where he'll start, like, having a little panic tantrum. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just walk away. I'm like, look, I think you can figure this out yourself. I've shown you how to do it already in the past. Just take a moment and look at it. And then once he calms down and, like, reassesses his situation he he tends to kind of figure that out so your book the in in the character alley cat that's kind of some of the is is that some of the lessons that are built into it because i mean you were a former teacher yes like 
I'm, I'm guessing that your teacher skills kind of go into that that role. They do. I think all of my background plays a role. Teacher, I I would teach my kids and use books as tools and resources to help them instead of us verbalizing it because they hear as parents and teachers say the same thing but if you read a story and they resonate with the character it sometimes it means more and they remember that and um, of course being a lawyer you're always problem solving and you're always trying to get creative with your side of the story um, so it's it and also just being confident in your skills like you said being confident that you can solve your problems do you use big law words in your book? <laughs> I, I I tend to do that, and I have to kind of go back and, and let younger kids read it because I do. Uh, like the new book, Caddy Wampus. I mean, it's a fun word. It's a big word. I didn't even know what the word meant. And you don't use that usually in, in, you know, in a trial or anything. But what does Caddy Wampus mean? It means backwards, askew, kind of like wonky. And when I was trying to Google words that sounded or, you know, like a thesaurus, like referred to wacky, because I didn't want to be wacky Wednesday, I saw the word cattywampus, and I was like, that is perfect. Yeah. Yeah. For a second, I thought cattywampus, whenever I was reading some of the uh, the bio for you, I was like, cattywampus, is that a character? But then I saw cattywampus wampus, Wednesday, and I'm like, maybe it's not a character. So at first, I thought it was a character, like, Caddy Wampus, like mm-hmm. Alley Cat and and the Caddy Wampus. I'm like, that's there's a character, but <laughs> no, it's a it's an actual real term. It's a real word. It's wow. a cool one too. That is a cool <laughs> word. Um, all right, so on the w- on the way here to get ready to do this, um, I think we might have a comment. Give me a second. Yeah, I think I have a comment. All right, so uh, Lori Orlinsky says my kids love the alley cat series and i have to move my logos there and so and then she also says that give me a second hopefully it's appropriate i know Lori. <laughs> uh, she says my six-year-old has read all of the alley cat books the newest book is her favorite she learned how to think positively positively positive, positive <laughs> through it there you go uh thanks for the comments Lori. um so yeah okay so my question on the way here, and I was, and I have to ask because it it felt like an elephant style thing in the room for me is why why stop law, which essentially pays bills. That's your that's your income to get into a field that. First of all, is a creative field. Creative fields are hard to get started in. They're not the most lucrative in the beginning. And let alone the written word industry. That that's a hard industry to get into. So did obviously it wasn't for it wasn't money driven. But do you make money from it? Obviously you sell your books, Mm -hmm. you have products, you have I see um, a small little uh, Mm -hmm. plush toy there. What does that look like for you? And is it something that sustains you or it sustains you in a different way other than monetarily? It definitely sustains me in a different way. Um, 
I get asked that question a lot. And usually at author visits at schools, they always say, how much money do you make? Of course, <laughs> of know? course. And um, I always have a standard answer, which is true. I'll, I usually give back more than what I make with these books. I donate a lot. Um, the reason I do this is because it makes me happy and it makes others happy. And um, I mean, truthfully, I 100% feel that this is God's will. Because as long as I just keep doing whatever I'm doing and doors open, I say yes to it, even if it's a, a free author visit or can you donate? Yes. And yes. And I see the smiles. Things just work out. And we've been able to, you know, survive and make it. And the series has survived and made it. And I really think it's just a part of a bigger plan. Yeah. No, I love that. Um, all right. So you you do it because you love it. And uh, I think that that speaks volumes because if you don't do something because you love it, then you're probably not going to do it for very long. Right. Because, I mean, if your heart's not in it, I mean, you just lose interest in it pretty quick. Um, I was looking through your website and – uh, I noticed that there was another lady on some of the videos on your website, and this lady was referred to as the Duchess of York. W- who is that? And <laughs> like, uh, obviously, I, I I feel like that's it sounds like royalty. Um, and I'm you know maybe uh, I'm obviously clueless on it because I'm asking you about it. Uh, who is that in relation to? the Alley Cat series, or you in general? Like, who is the Duchess of York? Well, she's not related to me, which would be super cool. Yeah, that would be uh, be great. Um, So the Duchess of York is Sarah Ferguson. They call her Fergie. Um, She is, um, of course, she lives overseas, and she's royalty. And she started a story time during the pandemic, and she started asking for book submissions, and she was going to read it on her channel, Storytime with Fergie and Friends. And so, I mean, 10,000 or so books were submitted. And she she picked Alley Cat and the Friendship Friday. And um, I got, after I submitted, I got an email that it was selected. And, you know, we talked about the book and how um, she was going to read it on which day. I was to send, you know, certain pictures. And, I, of course, I sent her all of the plushies and all of the books. And Of course um, you did. Mm-hmm. Send everything. Here Why not send royalty a uh, bunch of stuff, you right? You have it all. Yeah. Um, and just a, a, a quick side note, the first book I sent to um, the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, Will and Kate. Um, really? Yes. And so they wrote me back, and they said that, their son at the time, because they, I don't think they had the daughter, enjoyed the books, which I have framed on my wall, which is super cool. And um, so getting back to the Duchess of York, um, she ended up asking if I would be a part of her segment called Little Red News. And it's a um, kind of like a give back, pay it forward segment where you do something good for the community. And I had these story walks that I put out here in Lafayette and at schools. And it's just the book pages on those, like, it looks like political signs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there's like six of them front and back and kids and families get to go and read and walk through. And there's QR codes with songs and dances that are a part of the series that we've written. And 
um, cute little fun activities they can do. And so they read that outside. And so she had us film it at St. Bernard School in Brobridge. And um, I sent it to her. And um, and they ha- she put it on her channel. And she said such kind things and so, so many great you know, she's like, I'll support you whenever, however. I'm, she's great. Yeah, I mean, I watched a, a, a short bit of it, and it was really cool to see. And I was like, I got to ask Allie, like, who is this lady? Like, because you hear Duchess. Okay, obviously it sounds like royalty and all that. So I was, uh, that's, that's that's great. And then that's the Will Fergie. and Kate thing. I mean, come on. Oh, yeah, Fergie, come on. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, um, that's really cool. So what is beyond that, which is already pretty far is has your book gotten into the hands of anybody that you were kind of starstruck over besides okay obviously the Will and Kate um mm-hmm. connection but like is there anything else that you can refer to that you maybe had like this moment of like man this is really cool uh, a few a few things so uh Michelle Stafford who plays Phyllis on the Young and the Restless um she was looking for books for her bookshelf on Instagram. She had just made this cute little bookshelf for her kids. And I sent her um, a box of books for her bookshelf. Some were mine, some were others that I had at home. And she made this long video of how much she loved it. And that was super cool. Um, She's from The Young and the Restless. And um, last year, I sent my golf book, one of them is a golf book to a bunch of uh, golfers who have children just as a gift. And um, I sent it to Tabitha and Jim Furyk who are in Florida. And Jim Furyk is a, an amazing golfer. Um, and uh, Tabitha, his wife wrote to me and asked if I'd be willing to go to operation shower in Florida and donate a few copies for, the moms, they are expecting moms, they're military moms. And so it's a shower, baby shower to celebrate military moms. And so we did that. We actually went, I got to speak at Operation Shower um, with Jim and Tabitha Furick and donate. Um, I donated 50 books and 50 plush and I got to uh, hang out with them. And of course, my husband and my son were just over the moon because they're avid golfers. And I mean, I, I like golf and I like golf more now um, that <laughs> my son plays and that, you know, I've met some really cool golfers. And um, I remember my husband gave me these addresses, like these names of people to send to these golfers. And one of them was Jim Furyk. And um, I got an email from Tabitha and my husband gets home from work and I'm like, Tabitha Furyk, Furyk. He's like, Furyk? <laughs> I was like, yeah, she sent me an email today. She wants to know if we can go to Florida. Can we please go? And he's like, what? He's of like, course. He's like, yes, we can go. That's so cool. I was like, well, it's so cool. We get to be a part of Operation Shower, which is so amazing to give back to the military. <coughs> and um, so, yeah, we went and we, you know, got to meet them. That was really cool. Yeah. Give me a second. I have a lingering cough. I had a... Um a slight cold earlier this week. <coughs> All right. So it's really cool that you have the uh, the whole golf industry kind of get into it. Um, I, I had another question about, I guess, getting started. <coughs> Jeez. And I'm drinking water. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how did you 
get the book started? Like, I guess, published and printed? How did you go about finding who to print it? Like, how did you get started in that? So when I wrote the first book, I ended up typing up what I wrote on on pencil and paper, and um, I sent it to over 200 publishers and literary agents, and it's called querying. So you query these agents and these publishers, and I got about 88 rejections immediately. Of course, yeah. And then I got a lot of no responses and then it was getting to be about a year where I was thinking about going back to practicing law because I really love doing that. And I ended up getting an email at 11 p.m. at night that a publisher wanted to publish the books. So it was such a great moment. And I just knew at that moment that that was a door that was going to open that would change all of our lives and our family. Um, so you have to query and it sounds like they have to pick you. Yes. That's a strange thing. So if they pick you, do they pay for it for you? It depends what kind of publisher you have. So in the beginning, I had a hybrid publisher. And so, um, which now I'm with a traditional publisher. So a hybrid publisher will print your books. um, But essentially, your royalties are based on whether or not you pay for the books to be printed at at a wholesale cost and sold versus them paying for all the books and everything with it. And so um, in the beginning, I was with a hybrid publisher. Um, Last year, Pelican Publishing picked me up, which was great, and they picked up the entire series, a a traditional publisher. And so, um, I mean, I can't say too much about our contract, but it is – it was the goal all along to be with a traditional publisher. I bet. I bet. That sounds amazing. All right. Before we go too far, uh, I need to mention our sponsors. Support for the podcast is brought to you by the Music Academy of Acadiana. Acadiana's top choice for music lessons in piano, guitar, voice, drums, violin, saxophone, flute, audio production, and more. They teach students of all ages and styles. They have sent students to college to compete in major music competitions and have also premiered on major TV music contests like American Idol and The Voice. They are founded by Tim Benson, who is a University of Louisiana at Lafayette Music School graduate. The Academy has been voted as a top finalist in the Best Music School by readers of the Times of Acadiana since 2016, and they have won the National Music School of the Year Award in 2014. Their goal is to make music lessons fun, educational, and to help foster the next generation of musicians and creative thinkers. You can find out more at their website at www.musicacademyacadiana.com. You can also check out their Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for more information. Our tech sponsor, The Orchard, is Acadiana's only Apple-authorized service provider. They provide services for Apple products, whether it be a broken screen or if you need help trying to figure out an app. The Orchard has your back. They helped us by giving us an iPad to continue running our show since our show is dependent on Apple products. So with that, check out their stores. They got two locations in Acadiana, one next to Buffalo Wild Wings off of Ambassador in Lafayette, 
and at their new location in Karen Crow next to Super One Foods. You can check them out at theorchardstores.com or in person to make sure that all of your Apple products are taken care of and up and running and working as they should. We were talking about publishing and uh, all that, how, how all that kind of works and, you know, I don't, I, I guess I kind of had a, like an idea of like how it might work and I've never really dived into it because I've always thought that books were seemingly on their way out because of the internet whenever I was younger and I'm like, oh, who's going to have a book later on? It's kind of like nowadays, who has a CD? Right. Like you just stream it. Um, so kind of going in that vein, you have physical copies of the books, which physical copies of anything will always be great to have a lot of people still buy uh, music cds because they want the physical copy they just yeah. like it now you have to have a cd player and most cars nowadays don't have that yeah um but a book you can open a book at any point in time you don't have to have a subscription to it um, you just pay one price for it and it's yours forever do you also do um like amazon books so like uh, where it's read and like do you read the book and it's recorded and people can listen to it on their let's say i think it's what is that uh the uh, amazon company kindle, kindle oh, yeah. what is the it's the audio audible audible yes. yeah 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 so i do have my books as an ebook and um they can be read on like kindle devices there's even uh like google has a device and um on YouTube now, I've been reading my books. And a lot of authors don't do that because they feel like they're not going to buy the product. But for me, it's really just about spreading the word and and getting people to know the series and Alley Cat. So, yeah. And also, apps now are really big. And so I have an, my books on an app called Caribou, which is really great. It's like a FaceTime app where you can read the book together and you can do coloring pages. and. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so the book is pretty much digital on those devices. All right. So uh, going back to the, the physical here, you have a few of your books on your lap there, and um, I'll put the camera on you there, so if you want to show it. Um, yeah, so this one is the Alley Cat and the Caddy Wampus Wednesday. And like we said, Caddy Wampus is not a character, right? Nope. Okay. It's a word. It's a word, yeah. <laughs> so is that your, that's not your first book, correct? Nope. Is first, that your most recent book? Yes, this one was released on Monday of this week. Wow. Yes. Okay, so it's like new, new. It's brand fresh new. Fresh off the press. Yep. And we're having a book launch party on Saturday, well, tomorrow at the little gym down the road to celebrate the release. All right. So without giving too much information on it, kind of what's the, what's the trailer like? If you had to de describe it in like a few short words, what's that book like? So I'll give like a little bit of backstory and inspiration. Um, so during the pandemic, when, you know, the whole world shut down, we didn't know the world was cattywampus, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And so... Um, when things are kind of out of control for me, I write. And so I wanted to write a book for kids because I figured that they were probably a little confused of what was going on and didn't know where the world was, you know, taking us. But I didn't want to write a book about the pandemic because really who wants to read about the Right, pandemic? nobody wants to read about that. You know, that's, you know, old news. So I wrote a book about 
a day that Alley Cat has that goes completely backwards. Everything is backwards. Um, people are spelling words backwards, like Louisiana. They spell it backwards. Her locker is backwards. They're eating seafood gumbo for breakfast. And so she has to get through the day with a positive attitude and help from her friends and her family, those things that are constant in our lives um, to kind of figure out what's going on and how to get through it. And I wanted kids to have a resource and tool so when they have a cattywampus day or month or year that they can rely on those things that are constant like friends and family and a positive attitude. That's awesome. And so you're having a release party, like you said, tomorrow, which is Saturday, May 14th. Uh, 2022. So if you're watching this in 2023, you've missed the boat. Um, so, and at the little gym, right off of ambassador, correct? Correct. From three to 6 PM, three to six. And you're going to have a book. Is that a book signing? It's a book signing, but we have all of these activities. We have canes coming with lemonade and chicken. And we have uh, jelly cakes, uh, with some cookie cakes, Rick Hessler has his cotton candy machine, and he's doing balloons. We have people doing fairy hair, so I'll probably get some fairy hair. Face painting, Wildcat Foundation will be there with adoptable kittens. Oh, nice. Yes, and so a dollar from the sale of each book goes to Wildcat Foundation also. And how much does a book cost uh, with it, with everything signed tomorrow if somebody were to buy a book? So a book, this book is seventeen ninety nine. Okay, awesome. And these are fifteen because these actually don't have like the the nice little little dust jacket. Nice. And so, how many pages is an average book? And like, are the words big? Are the words small? Like, is it really detailed? If you wanna, I don't know if you wanna open it up, yeah. but um, maybe just kind of glance at it. So, the average children's picture book is 32 pages and so um it consists of spreads that are either full page spreads like this okay or they have separate spreads where you have two pictures on one this is a full page spread and so there's about 32 spreads um and the words are usually around 600 to 900 word count in a children's picture book. Okay. Mine are a little bit longer um, because I want it to be lesson-based. It's hard to kind of put everything in. Yeah. But I can tell right now it's, it's they're, they're big enough and the, everything looks great on it. So that's a great children's book from visuals so far that I can tell. Thank you. Yeah, and so you have several other books there. How many books total you have? Five? I have five books. They're all based on the days of the week and so in no particular order. Um, I have five that are now released, and my sixth one is being um, produced right now. It'll be out next year, and that's the Alley Cat and the Sleepover Saturday. Wow. All right. So you are working on the sixth book already, and you said you started this in 2016? 2016. Like, how do you – like, what do you do to find the inspiration for all the books? I I think – as a creative person myself, there are times where I bang my head against the wall, like I I'm 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 just stumped. And i my creative outlet is usually graphic design, drawing. And you being a writer, you literally have what everybody calls writer's block. Mm-hmm. I mean that your your title would lead to that. Yeah. Do you do you find yourself having writer's block at times? Yes. And how do you overcome that? So if I have writer's block, which 
usually when I'm really busy, like right now, there's no way I could just sit down and, and write something um, with the release of this book. You know? oh, of course not. Too much <laughs> going on. Yeah. Um, so what I do when I have writer's block is I go and I just watch my like my kids interact. And I listen really well to what they're talking about. I watch my own pets and what they're doing and how they're interacting. I'm not like this creepy person watching, you know. Yeah, but you're observant. I'm observing. And so if you just, if you watch your own kids and watch your animals and and just kind of put yourself in their shoes, you really, it's very entertaining. You know, When when you step outside that parent role it's pretty funny and it's entertaining. And so, of course, there's going to be problems and issues you're going to have to solve. And so those are really good content for a children's book. Yeah. And does, like, where do you do most of your writing, I guess? Do you have to do it in a in your, your room with the lights off and, like, a small lamp mm-hmm. on with, like, some waterfall sounds in the background? Or can you find yourself at a coffee shop amongst all the, the noise, hustle and bustle of people doing stuff and the cash register ringing, whatever else, are you able to do it there? Like, or do you have to go on vacation and sit by a beach uh, with yeah. the waves in the background? Like, yeah. what's your ideal setting for your creative juices to start kind of being placed on paper? So it's easiest for me to write when I am outside at my house in a folding chair and we have like a, a pond that's behind our house listening to the pond and a bag of purple skittles like on my lap and just constantly eating skittles i don't know i i i'm like one of these people where like if i'm nervous i eat if i am just antsy about something i eat like i'm just one of these stress eaters and so i guess writing might be stressful to me but i love it you know okay and so um yeah it no one can be around because i get distracted very easily so you you some of the stuff you described sounds like straight up movie star traits. Like, gotta have purple, purple Skittles. Stuff. Like, don't give me yellow. I mean, I buy them myself. I'm not. You know. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, that's a that's a plus. Oh, you buy them yourself. But like, you know, you hear about some of these uh, really. Famous oh yeah, people. Like, like oh, I gotta pick have out this the green one. Yes, yeah. That's and then me. and polish them, and I gotta have this type of water. It's gotta be Fiji. It can't mm-hmm. be Aquafina. Mm-mm, uh, that's not me, but yeah, purple Skittles or hot tamales, that would be the best. Hot tamales, all right. Wow, okay. And just candy, eating or writing a children's book. I That, that makes so much sense. I know. All right, so I guess give us a, a glimpse into this next book. Obviously, you're at Wednesday right now with your current book. It sounds like you're going to be hitting on Thursday. Saturday. Next one's Saturday. The next book is about Saturday? Yes, Sleepover. Okay. This one Okay, is, so you already have a Thursday? Yeah, this was the, the very first one in 2016. Ah, okay. So didn't I didn't catch the uh, the rotation there. So cool, you already have Thursday. So you don't have a Sunday. They're not in any particular order. Got it. I didn't want it to be too predictable. So I have all of them published except for Saturday and Sunday. All right. I figured that would be the hardest to write. But I did write Saturday. It's Sleepover Saturday. It's getting produced right now. And I think it's going to be really fun because, you know, kids love sleepovers. You know, oh, yeah. Those are some of my most fond memories. Yep. And I, it's a, a party that Alley Cat's having, and they're having a sleepover. They're um, sleeping outdoors in a tent with s'mores, and they're telling ghost stories. And 
you know, when I go to author visits, I always get a question besides how much money do you make? Um, when are you going to put dogs in the book? And so, um, or, dogs. How, or how old are you, Miss Allison? You know, um, when are you going to put dogs in the book? So, you know, I've always said no, no dogs. But then I decided, you know what? There's going to be a scary story in that next book with these big, fluffy dogs that are scary and big, scruffy dogs. And so there's finally going to be dogs in the Alley Cat book. And it's part of a ghost story. Yes. That's hilarious. Yes. I love it. And then there's um, a ghost story with a, a mouse in a hotel, like a ghost mouse. And so, <sighs> yeah, so the, the little kittens are totally, totally frazzled. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. And so you, you mentioned your husband a few times, so you're married. Yes. What, if you don't mind me asking, asking what does he do? So he works in the oil field industry. Okay. Here. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sounds like and he's, he's my box carrier. You know, like when I go to. Oh yeah, he's, he's the, the one yeah. carrying all the. He's boxes. the ox. Yeah. Yeah, he's the one that's pulling everything around. Um, so does and and I'm 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 trying not to get like too I guess personal, but I'm just curious. Um, does your work? sustain your portion, I guess, of the relationship's income, or does he kind of help support you as a, a, as a husband in that way? And obviously women obviously can make more than men. Most, a lot of women do. Um, so do that, does that balance out or like, is there support from that side? Like, what does that look like? If you don't mind, if you don't want to answer it, you don't have to. Um, let's see, how do I answer that? So, um, he, I mean, he obviously, um, supports our family tremendously and uh, this which is not a hobby because obviously yeah i mean there's real work being put into this besides i mean hobby is like one of those things where you know you can give up one day and like uh, it is what it is i have i have my job to do but hobbies my dad always says hobbies don't really make you money but it gives you joy yeah and so this while it may have started as a, a yeah. slight hobby, which yeah. most good businesses start as a hobby because you you enjoy it mm-hmm. and you learn how to create a business out of it, it's a this is a real business. Like you you have a full fledged website, which um, I will actually pull up in just a second here uh, for you guys to see. So this is the landing page. There's a huge mm-hmm. Amazon number one bestseller badge there, which we didn't even get to mention. Like. Your book is a Amazon bestseller. That's uh, that's really cool, you know, in and of itself. Yep, and it's won over seventeen awards. Um, it's it's just done really well. Which I'm not in it for the awards and the, you know, bestsellers. I was really just in it because I wanted kids to have tools, and I I adore going to author visits and seeing these kids. Um, happy and smiling and I have a giant mascot that they love to hug and they you know they they chant alley cat as she walks in I mean just seeing how happy they are and seeing them hug the big giant six foot cat is just everything because after a pandemic when we couldn't you know hug each other um it's just everything and um but you know kind of going back to your question about an author and making money and um during the pandemic uh, my business partner, Lori, and I, um, my now business partner with Forward Publicity, which is a PR firm that we started 
for authors. It's solely to help them market their books. So during the pandemic, she and I started a podcast where we would help authors still get out there in the virtual world. And so, you know, teachers and schools can use the videos of this author interview in their virtual classrooms. And so while doing that, some authors would ask us to help market their books because we were marketing our own. And so we picked up one client and that was the beginning of the pandemic. And now we've picked up over 200 amazing authors and helped them. And so it's a part of being an author and it's a part of my job now and career but it's all in the same industry and so much fun. And to be a part of authors' journeys and cheer them on when they get awards and be, you know, helpful and give back, it's just, it's such a great way. And that started during the pandemic. I'm glad you mentioned uh, that other part of your story because I have it here and I totally didn't even think about mentioning it, mentioning it just now until... Obviously, thankfully, you did. Um, so that actually adds a layer of, you know, uh, revenue stream for right. you. Right. So with two hundred clients, I mean, that's not that's that's nothing to shake a stick at. Like you, you got a good bit there. Yeah, you know, my business partner Lori, she lives in Chicago. She's got an extensive background in marketing. She worked for PBS, and um, we were both with the same publisher originally. She's an author too. And so just um, collaborating with her, um, I think that was, it, it was just such the perfect matchup. She and I, we work so well together and we both really do care about what we do. And we do want other authors to succeed. A lot of people would say, you know, you're an author helping other authors. That's your competition. But we don't see it that way. We don't. We we want others to experience what we've experienced. And she's a successful author, too. So, uh, Yeah, that's not competition at all. Like, like, that's just a weird way of thinking about it. Like, unless somebody was, I would look at it as competition if somebody said, you know what, I'm going to write a book about a, a young cat. And days of the week, yeah. yeah, the days of the week, and like, God forbid, if they tried to name it Alley Cat, because that right. you would get it's into trademarked. copyright, yeah. copyright yeah. infringement, and trademark, and all that mm-hmm. issue. Uh, and you having a law background, like, yeah, you you can uh, nip that in the bud pretty quick right. there. Um, so yeah, I mean, honestly, even if you want to call it competition, competition is usually pretty good, and it it promotes creativity, it promotes yes. uh, innovation, and Without without a competition, you're you're never driven to do something better. You get complacent, and then right. so uh, I don't consider this competition, but it does help you fulfill you you as a person because you love you love writing, you love children's books, and you love helping other author, authors. Because I mean, let's face it, becoming a creative person profes- professionally is like it's, it's no joke like it's, it's hard no and, and you got to like have your... a lot of background knowledge of like you know copyrights and trademarks and like sometimes artists have gotten you know frankly screwed because they didn't know some of the laws around their own work right and when you're a creative it's almost like a one man show you oh know? yeah you know you're you're i'm i'm doing my website i'm i'm marketing i'm doing you know everything wait so you do your own website I do. That's great. Yes, we oh. actually build websites too for our clients now. So, I, 
Lori and I are the type of people where if we don't know how to do something, we're going to learn it. Yeah. And we try to learn what's in our industry so that we can help others. And so I built my website. Um, we do our own book trailers and, you know, we just keep learning because that's what you're supposed to do. Killing it, man. I love this. I, whenever I saw the website, I'm like, Oh, this is, this is well done. I like the, I like the website because uh, the video in the background, at least I think it's a video. It, it's definitely moving like a video. I was like, mm-hmm. dude, this is well done. Cause I, uh, I build websites on the side for people and, uh, I'll make a couple of, couple hundred bucks here and there uh, doing that. And then it's definitely not a full-time gig. I just, I like doing it just because yeah. I love that type of work. And um, looking at it, I was like, this is, this is nice. You're, so. you're probably much better at it than I am. No, 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 no. Look, I use all the, uh, all the popular places now, Squarespace and uh, WordPress. And those are amazing sites to kind of build something pretty quick. Um, and then I'm guessing you built the the uh, forward publicity website too. Yes, we just got it redone um, by someone that we that we work with, and she's she's fabulous. So we did. I did build it, but we've just yeah, 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 renovated it. it. Yeah. I I just I adore it. I think it's so great now. Yeah, I'm gonna show that. So the website is forwardpublicity.com. And, uh, yeah, so over 200 book titles uh, under their belt. You get um, media coverage. You get all this stuff. I mean, look, this is just a few of the media outlets that uh, their authors have been featured by. Jamie Lee Curtis, uh, The White House. We've just aligned our clients with um, people who, you know, their content resonated with. So, yeah, man, Jamie Lee Curtis, huh? Yeah, she was reading books during the pandemic. Um, I think I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, a lot of people were doing some really creative things during the pandemic. And uh, you know what? If 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 I was to say I miss, I would miss anything from this god awful pandemic was the sheer amount of creativity and innovation that that unfortunate event brought to the world. I mean, it created a lot of new businesses. Yeah. And a lot of people, I mean, obviously you guys created a business through the pandemic. I know. Uh, it's, it's just really neat to see. And it blows my mind that something as terrible as a global pandemic, however you want to look at it, you know, I'm not trying to politicize it, but it was a, it was an issue one way or another. And people made it thrived they yeah people thrived i mean some people didn't but they those are the people that let the pandemic get them down now if you suffered a loss obviously that is a different situation we're just talking about emotionally and like you know in business um but yeah man i mean there's been so many businesses that even that have started before the pandemic that have gone through the pandemic they grew Mm-hmm. They they sold more than they ever sold through the pandemic. They they doubled in size and their their businesses physically, which is a crazy thing too. Right? Because you would think, oh, you know, the pandemic, you're not supposed to have physical interactions, but some of them did, and they, they still adapted, grew. Yeah, if they were able to adapt, some people obviously couldn't. But um, yeah, it with any situation, if you try your best to adapt to it and have a positive attitude and help others I, I sometimes it works out yeah yeah so uh again 
So the website for the Alley Cat series is alleycatseries.com. You can go check out their, the books there and all of Allison's uh, creations and her custom website that she did herself, mm-hmm. which looks great. Uh, you can also shop. You can uh, see media. You can see the charity and the partnerships. And there's a few extras. There's like some downloadable coloring pages and other things like that. So really cool. And then if you are an author yourself and are finding it hard to get started and get out there, uh, there's definitely a resource here uh, who is a author also. Uh, if you haven't listened to this podcast at all, you should know that. But uh, check out Allison and Lori's website, forwardpublicity.com. It's a company based around helping authors uh publicize and market their books and to help grow uh, and to, yeah, put more written word out there. Good, good quality content. Allison, man, this is, uh, this has been uh, a great thing to talk about. Is there anything that um, we didn't mention that I feel like we should have? I'm, I, I think I got most of my uh, big, Questions out of the way. I, I definitely was not going to ask, how old are you? I was going to say, you didn't ask me my age, which I'm 41. Um, I know. No, I, yeah, and you do not look 41. That's great. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, um, I'm 36, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm tapping on that 40 door. I know. It's, Lord. yeah, it's no joke. It's no joke. Look, I, I remember being 27. I'm like, I'm almost 30. Yeah. Like, what? what's happening? And, like, whenever I was almost 20, I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, you're, you, 21 was, like, that big milestone. Like, oh, yeah, I can actually be, be old enough to buy alcohol. Like, not that it mattered because after I turned 21, I didn't really I didn't really have a big deal with drinking anyway. So I was like, listen, it's really not that big of a deal. And then 25 came, and my insurance rate on my car <laughs> went a little lower. I'm like, dang. Okay, now it feels a little personal. Yeah. I'm starting like, to feel like, am I being told that I'm getting older? Like, yeah, and then you get gray hair. And, yeah, it's oh, just Yeah, my wife, she's made sure to point out my gray hair strands in the beard. She's like, you got one gray hair right there. I'm like, pull it. Pull <laughs> it. <laughs> I know, I know. My husband has a, a gray beard, so, but. Look, I'm telling you, I told, I've told everybody, like, if I'm going to go gray, just just hit it hard. I want salt and pepper. Well, in my case, it would be cinnamon and sugar colored. <laughs> I, I just give me, give me the gray. Don't make it sporadic. Don't give me the one strand. And what am I getting? I'm getting the one or two strands here. And I think I'm starting to get a little lighter in the, <sighs> the near the burns there. And, you know. Look, you can just come to the book launch party on Saturday and get fairy hair. Fairy hair. Yes, there you go. It's like little tinsels with like rainbow, purple, pink. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I don't know if I'll do that, but I love that uh, you're going to have that for all the, the kiddos. And I'm pretty sure some of the parents will probably take part in that. I'm not doing fair here. I mean, I might. You might. I might. I'm not, I'm not doing face painting, but. Oh, no, no. God, I haven't done face painting forever. Anyway, um, obviously, we, uh, we're wrapping up here. Allison, I, I hope that you found this to be helpful. And uh, I love the conversation. I love knowing a little bit about uh, everybody's journey 
through the Echidna area. Like there's so many different people that I want to just talk to and get to know. And um, I'm happy that somehow we were able to cross paths. And I was like, you know what? I think it would be great to have you on the podcast and to talk about the book. Well, thank you. I've been following Developing Lafayette for what, 10 years now? Yeah, that's That's, been 10 years. Yeah, That's amazing. That is really, really really impressive it's gonna be weird though if it gets to 20 years i'm gonna be like yeah. oh my god how old will you be then <sighs> 30 no 46 oh. yeah that's weird to think about mm-hmm. yes i'm not thinking about it 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 <laughs> go to your happy place <laughs> all righty well uh allison again uh thank you for uh coming on and talking about your book and uh, guys check it out uh she's got that book signing tomorrow if you're if you're still listening and uh we'll we'll post it on the the video caption too uh because i think that'd be great to mention and anyway um i hope it goes great tomorrow and i hope you sell out a books i don't know if that's a thing yeah. it, okay yeah, yes definitely. sell out I'm, I'm putting it out there in the Thank universe you. sell out yeah. and uh it doesn't rain right right and it hopefully is it supposed to rain? Like oh my God! 50%. Stop! Stop it! I know. Okay. But it's indoor outdoor, so it's okay. We yeah, have you got the indoor situation handled. Good. All the kittens will be indoor. Sweet. Yeah, because let's uh, let's just say cats don't like to get wet. All right. Well, anyway, that is it, Allison. Uh, again, thank you for uh, coming on. Thank you. All right, guys. Well, you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on the next one.